0: to makes productions presents the credible nerds podcast with your hosts justin and mark what's up my nerds? Episode 2 of the Starborn Reports, Dresden Files Book 2, which is titled Full Moon, and it's written by Jim Butcher. My name is Justin, and as always, I have my sidekick, co-host, and fellow wizard with me, Mark. Hey guys, how's it going? So last episode, we broke down Stormfront, which was Book 1. We did a lot of uh, character introductions. We talked about... Harry Dresden, who he is, Bob, Lieutenant Murphy, the white guy, book two, Full Moon. And we'll get into spoilers of the story. We'll talk about the different aspects of the story. We'll talk a lot about werewolves as they are a major player in this story, as well as the different relationships that are developed in the story. We're introduced to the the different characters and the kind of the the baseline for their relationships, but we'll get into it a little bit more this time. And we'll talk about the ongoing drama between Harry and Lieutenant Murphy and we'll get into a little bit more with Johnny Marconi and what his role is in the story so so first up uh, as the title entails it's full moon but it's not F-U-L-L it's F-O-O-L moon and as we all know and have read stories or seen movies previously whenever there's a full moon F-U-L-L moon there tends to be werewolves. So that's a big part of this story. And for me, getting into the story and starting to read it, um, I didn't realize there were so many werewolves. (laughs) I always thought there was just the one kind when the full moon comes out, the person who's cursed or bitten or whatever the case may be transforms into this big scary wolf and goes on a rampage and starts killing people. But in the Dresden universe... That's not the case. There's different types, different motivations, and which I like. I think that uh, broadens the story, makes it more interesting, and it's not just this, you know, trope of oh, the bad werewolves on the prowl again, watch out. We learn a lot more about werewolves and their motivations in this in this story. So, um, right off the bat, we're introduced to a murder that's caused by a werewolf. They were introduced to some new players. Uh, Harry and Lieutenant Murphy go out to this crime scene, uh, and they discover that one of Johnny Marcone's men had been torn apart by a werewolf. And these FBI agents show up. So, let's get into werewolves and the different types.
1: Yeah. So <clears throat> it's kind of interesting the book because. Uh, Harry didn't realize there was more types either, right? And so we we learned quite a bit of, of about them from Bob. You know, um, if you remember Bob, he's the spirit of intellect that works for Harry. Um, so, you know, we get some murders and, you know, Harry basically gets to Bob at some point and says, hey, what? you know, tell me about werewolves, you know, what's going on? And Bob's like, what kind? And kind of put to pause like uh I thought there's only one kind and so we kind of learn and it's interesting that there are different and we see it, all of them here right in this book we're introduced to all of them uh so uh, the first type of werewolf that we we hear about are, are lycanthorps and I'd heard the term before myself I just you know threw it all into the same group I didn't realize there's actually different definitions but Here it is. So lycanthorps are basically people who get wolf-like characteristics, right? They don't turn into a wolf or whatever, but they are a lot stronger, a lot faster. They can heal very quickly. Um, They get some healing abilities, uh, you know, from from that werewolf gene or, you know, whatever it is. And they're given strength, speed, uh, filled with rage filled his rage and they grow even stronger, more powerful around the moon, but they're, they're just people, um, that it, it can more or less control some of their impulses, but they are a pack mentality, much like wolves. Uh, there's a leader and, uh, you know, we're introduced to, uh, the leader here. He's.
0: Oh yeah. So would you say that, uh, Paranaybara from The Wheel of Time as a lycanthorpe.
1: Huh, that's a good question.
0: Because <laughs> uh, he's he doesn't transform into a wolf, right? Yeah. He has wolf like characteristics, but he can. A just in the spirit pack. world, right? Yeah, but not as not physically.
1: Yeah, I would say so. I guess under this definition, I would say that. Yeah. That's a good. Yeah. That's good. but yeah so you know the leader of uh, you know these Lycanthropes that we meet uh, they call themselves the Street wolves, right it's a very conspicuous name. Uh, his name's <laughs> yeah. Parker and uh, so you know we, we get to see them in the book and that that's kind of neat to hear about them and <laughs> poor Harry just jumps into that mess but yeah. uh, as we see but so that's the first right The second group are werewolves and they're pretty much, they're wolves because people decide to transform into wolves Uh, you know like they've learned they know one piece of magic and that's to turn into a wolf and uh, that wolf is kind of shaped by their imagination of what a wolf is so it may not look perfect you may you know see some distorted figures or whatever like that it's just not a perfect wolf Um, so we meet a group that calls themselves the Alphas, and they end up being, you know, a pretty good, you know, minor character throughout the series. Uh, We meet Billy. um, He's one of the Alphas. We meet Georgia, who's an Alpha, um, and we see them throughout the series. Uh, But, uh, and so they've learned uh, how, and in this book, we see that they're a little bit smaller wolves, right? But throughout the series, we see that they get a lot larger. And stronger, and faster, and bigger. So it's kind of cool uh, how the wolves work out. Uh, the next one is what's called a hexen wolf, and this wolf type of wolf is they need a talisman to turn. So they're not like they can't control magic. They can't do, but they they're given like a talisman or something to put on that allows them to transform into this wolf. And this wolf is much bigger, much meaner much faster. I've kind of thought about this though. I think that a werewolf is probably as powerful as a hexan wolf. But the reason we don't see that in this book is because these werewolves are like new. They're younger kids. They're not growing up yet. But if they were older and whatever, like I think that they would be more than a match for the hexan wolves. Yeah. And so um but the way this talisman goes is generally made by, according to Bob, a top notch badass right, is what he says, and he, which means like a demon lord or a fey lord or something like that, someone with some major power.
0: And Hmm, so who could that be?
1: <laughs> who do you think made it? I've always wondered. Someone had to make it, and I feel like we've been introduced to the character, but I don't know who. Do you think
0: it's related to the concept we talked about the last episode, but that someone taught victor sells the shadow man someone taught him these spells because you don't just pick it up by going to the library and reading a book right it's some dark magic
1: definitely yeah i mean because it's not like FB, a normal fbi agent just has a beeline to some fey lord or or Demon lord yeah. or something right someone had to make it and they talk about it right in the book they say we made a deal you know, we we did whatever. So they made a deal and then someone gave it to them. And it doesn't sound like that someone was a demon lord, it sounds like it was somebody else. Never mentioned and you know, we never find out who it was, but obviously someone's involved here. Um so
0: So these FBI agents end up being the Hex and Wolves, right?
1: Yeah, we find out the FBI agents are the Hex and Wolves, and part of it is it takes it takes over your humanity. Um, you lose yourself in part of it. I mean, it's such a strong pull. It's more the wolf takes over. You get this lust for blood and killing. It's like all rage. It's all um, raw emotion. And it destroys you. And it, it was kind of cool to see like Harry put it on, right? And part of the book, Harry puts it on and we see kind of what it does to him and how he loved it. And how the thrill of the hunt was taking him over. So, uh, And then the last one and the most powerful. Now tell me if I say this right. The Loop Guru. Yeah,
0: that's how I say it. Loop Guru.
1: Yeah, it's called the Loop Guru. And according to Bob, this is the real deal werewolf. This is what we see in the movies. This is, you know, here comes... You know the the full moon, and it turns into just this mindless killing machine.
0: So it's like Jacob from Twilight.
1: (laughs) No, (laughs) like I, oh my gosh, Um,
0: no. They're the same, right? It's the same story. Vampires, (laughs) werewolves.
1: Um, That would be like a puppy dog (laughs) compared to a Loop Guru, right? Uh, When I see Loop Guru. The equivalent in my mind is the wolves from Van Helsing. That's what I think as a loop guru, right? I mean, you're talking just this rage machine that just takes no prisoners. Um, so, you know, real darewolf, real deal dare werewolf, it's five feet tall when it's standing on all fours, right? I mean, that thing's big. I'm five, six, so it's like as tall as me, almost. And it's super fast, super strong. It's resistant to magic. I mean, we see Harry try to throw down this thing, and he doesn't. He threw one of his biggest punches ever at it, and it just howled and got more pissed off. (laughs) Um, We find out in the movie that it can only be harmed by silver that's passed down through family, that's hereditary, you know, hereditary silver. So it's not that you can just go buy some silver, make a silver bullet. It means. Mom or grandma passed away and gave you some amulet made out of silver and now you can use that to harm the werewolf. So it's it's kind of rare stuff. It's tough to find it. Um, so why does it have to be passed down? I I think does, it has I think some, they explain. I think they say it has something to do with sacrifice, right?
0: Yeah. Sacrifice and love.
1: Yeah, sacrifice and some love. To that effect. And so we see two things that are used to harm this. We see that Murphy made some bullets out of some silver given to her from her grandma, right? And
0: those earrings that she was wearing.
1: Yeah. And she melted them down and made some bullets. And we see Harry uses his pentacle that he has on that was given left to him by his mother. And those are the only things that can actually leave a lasting pain on a loop guru. So, uh, so, so we meet all four. We we um, we're introduced, like, like I said, the lycanthorps are the uh, the street wolves, werewolves are the alphas. Billy in Georgia. Hex and Georgia hexen wolves are the FBI agents, and the loop guru we find out is a guy named Harley McFinn. And uh, um. It's kind of interesting because he is probably the best good guy in the book, but he's a bad guy because of what he turns into. Right. So, uh, but, uh, so, so there's your werewolves. It was kind of neat to read about this, you know, to, to see, but the loop guru is by far the most, the strongest and most powerful. He could, I have a feeling if he fought all the others at the same time, it would be over in like a minute.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He was pretty powerful.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was scary reading about him, right? When he's in the yes. police precinct, we see him go cell to cell and literally just just, just kill everybody and just tear people apart. Oh, oh yeah, I mean it was it was brutal, and then that thing was mean. Everyone was scared. I mean, when when Harry's scared of something, you know, it's something that should be scared of.
0: Yeah, well, let's talk about that a little bit because for me, I read this book. Way back when, when I first started reading these series. Um, and this is this part where the... So they had they had captured uh, Harley McFinn. They arrested him, took him to jail. Then he turns into the loop guru while he's imprisoned. And he just rips the cell apart, starts attacking all the, the inmates, like you said. And this is one part that stuck with me. Like, I probably forgot about 60, 70% of this book. As I was rereading it, but I knew this part was coming because it was so powerful, so so intense. Reading this this escape by Harley McFinn as the Loop grew from from jail, and he just like you said goes to town and uh kills all the prisoners, kills a lot of the police officers, including Carmichael. Even though Carmichael is finally coming around, finally starting to believe in in Harry and what he was about, but he gets eviscerated and and killed by this loop guru one thing i liked about i think the overall action was great it was pretty intense but i liked how this you know no one believes in werewolves right especially the cops they're like the most um unbelieving in this type of magic stuff it's kind of the the joke the special investigations unit is the joke to everybody and they don't believe in this stuff but here it is in the middle of their precinct This werewolf is just going to town. And so to be able to read how this is a legit instance of this magic, these otherworldly things that no one believes in, is happening right in front of their eyes, and they cannot deny it. And that was was pretty powerful to read that for me.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and you see some of the people come around, right? I mean, uh, Stallings comes around and really starts believing in who Harry is like you said Carmichael uh does in book one he was really dismissive of Harry like he's like I think you're full of crap you know and and then in book two you kind of see him coming around him and Harry have some banter some back and forth they're getting along and we see Carmichael die and I remember like even when I read it the second time I was like man that like I was bummed like he was the first death in this in, – in the whole book series that I was really bummed about. And um, – but like you said, I mean you can't deny it. And as we see at the end of the book, it's denied. I mean Rudolph, right? You think about – I don't remember his first name, but Rudolph, he saw it. He saw it with his own eyes and he denies it and keeps calling Harry a fake. Uh, you know throughout the books and it, it's it's just crazy and to see that like you said it was just a powerful part and th- these cops fought for their dear lives and they were just so outmatched it was unbelievable and and part of the conflict with Harry and and Karen is because of things like this right Karen knows that Harry's holding back and doesn't, you know, so he's taking it as a she, he's lying to her. And Harry's like, Look, I'm, I'm trying to hold this back to protect you. You have zero idea what's out there. And as we find out in the later books, a loop guru guru is, uh, is a welcome enemy (laughs) compared to what's coming. So, uh, but it, it's, it's pretty interesting. And, um, the, just how people just they just overlook what's in front of them, you know. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it.
0: Yeah. So, with this this uh, this first investigation, um, they're trying to figure out who who did this, and we're led to what's her name,
1: Tara West.
0: Yeah. Tara West, um, she tails them from this the murder scene. Harry ends up tracking her down, and we're introduced to Tara and the Alphas. We see that the Alphas are this newly formed group. They're like a bunch of college kids, and Tara's in charge of teaching them this new magic trick to turn into a werewolf. And Harry confronts them. She questions, hey, what are you doing here? And this is when the mistrust starts to really um, fester. Because I think in the previous story, um, she got a little miffed that she didn't call, or that Harry didn't call her to go out to this um, Victor Sells lake house. And he went off on his own. She was st- So she was still mad about that. She hadn't called him for a while till this investigation. But then she shows up and finds harry and again hey why didn't you tell me about this why don't you trust me and so this is where that starts in this story again and also one interesting part that i had also forgotten about was kim delaney how at the beginning of the book uh, she's trying to ask harry hey what about these summoning circles and harry won't teach her because it's too complex of a magic trick she's not powerful enough she doesn't have the knowledge and um, she ends up going away frustrated and uh, karen picks up the drawing and puts it in her pocket and it comes out later when they go they end up going to another murder scene and the murderer the victim ends up being kim delaney and she had tried to contain harley mcfinn in a summoning circle and it didn't work and so she ended up getting killed so karen sees the the drawing that she had picked up at harry's when harry was talking to kim sees kim the victim and she ends up arresting harry right then
1: Mm -hmm. yeah this was part i remember was so frustrating for me because i mean she had to know somewhere that harry wasn't involved um I mean, she's been working with Harry for a couple of years now. She knows that there's some stuff that can't be explained. I mean, she has to know that Harry wasn't doing it. And yet she still throws a- on Harry. And I'm sure, I mean, she was under pressure from work. I know it talks about it in the book. She was, you know, having a hard time with the FBI. She had no idea they were involved. But it just blows me. I remember being so annoyed here that you know, she punches him in the face, she does all this stuff like, you know, she goes crazy like crazy town on him and it just is just frustrating for me. I remember and um but I mean, as we see you get, he gets out of it, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think so their their relationship is they both don't trust each other. Harry doesn't trust her because I don't know if he doesn't trust her. He does He's trying to protect her, like you've said. He feels like he needs to protect her from all these evil things. She doesn't trust him um, because of that, because he's, she can tell that he's holding back. And their relationship is very key throughout this whole series. That's like the one relationship that is there in the first book, it's there in the last book. And here's here we see a fracture in that. And like you, I remember reading it this time and It's like, I was, I was mad. I was like, why is Karen being such a jerk? (laughs) She's supposed to be his friend. And it was frustrating to read. Mm -hmm. And so.
1: Yeah. It's just like, she just wants to be in the inn. Like she knows stuff's going on and she wants to know about it. She wants to be able to protect herself. And she says time and time again, right? Like I'm not, I'm not the little, this little girl. Do you need to coddle? I can take care of myself. So just tell me everything so I can take care of myself. And I think that's what we see in a lot of these first books with Karen and, and Harry is that she is just trying to convince him, like, I can't protect myself if I don't know what to protect myself against. And so, you know, when we see down the road a bunch of books. I mean, that relationship changes for the better because Harry finally, OK. And
0: I remember reading in this book that he does at some point towards the end, he does decide, you know, I got to tell her I got to tell her about the White Council. I gotta tell her about this and that. I gotta tell her everything. So he he doesn't in this book, but he does make that decision in this book. So I thought that was a good step forward for him, because if they're gonna be working that close together and she's gonna be calling him about all these X Files type crimes that need to be solved, you know she needs to know everything. She needs to know what's going on, and because as we see what happens in the the precinct. If she doesn't know what's going on, she's whether she knows or she doesn't know, she's in danger. She's at risk of getting killed, regardless. So, the more information mm-hmm. she has, the better.
1: Yeah, and and you can see too, like that she wants to trust him. I mean, because you know Harry brought over that report for her, and all of a sudden she shows up with bullets made from, uh, you know, from an ancestor. So she is willing to believe him. She's willing to just be like, look. I have no idea if there's really werewolves, but dang it, I'm not going to take that chance. I'm going to literally melt down some silver from that was passed on to me and make bullets. So we can see she's willing to. It's just Harry is so gun shy. And I think he's just so stuck between trusting people. Like as we learn more about his past, um, you know, and we haven't really been introduced to Lane yet, but we will. And... We kind of learn why he has this hard time opening up this trust door because of Justin and Elaine, and now you have this woman that wants to know it all, and she's just so gun shy. So it's a uh, it, it's a process with them. But uh, it, you know, I was I remember being appreciative of her when she had those bullets made, like somebody handed me something saying, oh, this Luke guru is going to turn into a thing, this is what you need, I'd be like, well, that's going in the garbage.
0: Well, and Jim Butcher does bring up Elaine in this story, very briefly. But I thought, you know, because that is the impetus for him having trust issues. And I thought it was a great time to introduce it enough so you're like, huh, oh, this girl named Elaine. And it kind of hints that something happened and he feels bad about it and he's not going to let that happen again, which is as we find out later, the whole reason why she does, he doesn't want to bring in Murphy and why he doesn't trust her or doesn't want to, I don't know if it's trust. I think he's, he doesn't believe in her abilities mm-hmm. to fight the supernatural. I think uh, another great relationship that we're introduced to. Well, I guess we were introduced to it in the last book, but it is expounded upon his uh, Susan Rodriguez and and Harry Dresden, their relationship. Uh, the book starts out that you know they've gone on a few dates, nothing serious. They end up going back to his apartment and get fooling around. I think is what it said. What do you think about this development of Susan and Harry's relationship in this book?
1: Um, <laughs> it's just kind of funny because. Uh, <laughs> um. Harry's a man. We get it. Uh, And it talks about Tara. Tara West getting out and she gets naked and Harry is just checking out the goods. She's always naked in this story. Yeah. And I just remember like, you know, Susan and Harry are not serious. But, you know, they're dating on and off. And... Uh, Susan says like you don't gotta stare so hard you know like she is totally jealous she is you know upset and so you can kind of see that there's there's some stuff developing here and it's uh, you know it's kind of fun to see in these early books you know with with Susan and, and that relationship definitely expands throughout the books as we see in books three and four um, but um, you know it I don't know. It's like such a beginning of the relationship, you know, Uh, I I don't know. It's just kind of fun. And so we learn a bit about uh, Susan here and she works for a paper called The Arcane. And she is a writer and they talk about basically what special investigation does. And that's how Harry and Susan's relationship gets started, because she sees that Harry is a wizard who, you know, that... They, You know, he puts out a ad that he's a wizard. She sees that he helps in the investigations with special investigations uh, into these weird things. And so she totally believes who he is. And she actually tricked him into doing a soul gaze. So she's seen into him. She knows what he's about. So she believes. And so she starts hitting him up for stories and, and things like that. And Harry comes through and some of the things he does talks about some good things that she can come out with some good stories. And throughout this, their relationship just kind of buds more and more and more. And, and this is a good stepping stone into their relationship. This book is, is because she gets involved in it, right? She, she can see more of it. She's able to video camera some of it and and get name for herself. Um, so she totally believes in everything and, and still likes Harry. I mean, I, I don't know. I, if I was hanging out with some girl and I was getting ch- chased by toad demons and wolves and weird things like that, I might be out, but whatever.
0: Yeah. I really like Susan. Um, oh yeah. She's one of my favorites in these early books. Uh, I think what we read about Susan is why Dresden is so protective of Murphy. We we can get into that later, but I think what he's worried about with Murphy is what ends up happening to Susan. Right? Mm-hmm. So uh but she's a great help in this book. She drives him around and helps out with the final um infiltration there in Marcone's um mansion. So uh she's involved throughout the whole story. It's great help for Harry. Uh With Harley, let's get back to Harley McFinn. He sounds like he comes from a a line from Ireland. Is that Ireland or Scotland? Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of those places.
1: Yep, it's Ireland.
0: Okay. And uh, an ancestor was cursed by St. Patrick. Why don't you tell us about this curse?
1: Yeah. So we find out that... um, so the way you become a loop guru is that you're cursed by a saint. And we find out that St. Patrick cursed at some point Harley McFinn's family line. And the curse is, is that the male or – I don't think it actually – I don't remember exactly what it says. But that the their family will always be cursed with a loop guru. So somebody will always be a loop guru in that family and that that line will live forever. So there will always be this loop guru running around. Um, now, Harley McFinn was very well, well aware that he was a loop guru, and he took precautions to protect himself and everyone else. We find out that these FBI agents, these wolves, are the ones that destroyed his protection uh, to kind of hide their involvement in some deaths because we find out that the wolf kind of starts taking over their humanity and they're starting to kill for for fun not uh you know they i mean i if i had to come up with one line that defines this book series it would it would be the pathway to hell is paved with good intentions and this is exactly what happened to the fbi agents they had good intentions they're like look there's people like john marconi who get away with murder and there's nothing we can do and here is the power we need to take down a John Marconi and settle the score because we know he's bad. We know he's doing this stuff, but we can't touch him. So here's this power to let us touch it. And instead, this power just took him over and they get involved in killing things. And so they need a scapegoat here. And I, I don't know if it ever said how they find out he's a loop guru. I'm sure they were told by whoever's involved. But um, so then they're trying to pin it on this Luke guru. And another thing I found weird was that why, you know, I kind of want to know why St. Patrick cursed the family. Like,
0: yeah, that was brought up by Harry. Harry's like, you mean a Catholic saint did this? And they're like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. I think it was Bob. that was like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Or so. so much yeah. Like
1: that. Yeah. I remember that. And so it's kind of, you know, I I kind of want to know the backstory. Like that's weird. Cause you're taught that this is a saint. You know, you think that they're doing good things. Instead, he's cursing people to be these killing machines to, you know, for for whatever. And I think another thing that this uh, brings up, another question that I, I've talked to you a little bit about. Um, obviously, we see Harley McFinn die in this book uh, at the end. And uh, it's kind of cool because he he kind of sees it as mercy and Um, because, you know, he's living this life and it's just destroying him on the inside. You know, he's hurt people, he's killed people and there's nothing he can do. He's a, a victim. He's his own victim. Right. And so he, you know, he was happy to be killed, but somebody has to bring on that curse and it never talks about who, but so, you know, there's another loop guru out there somewhere.
0: So hopefully it's introduced again, like we talked about in the last episode, you know, who trained Victor Sells. Will that be revealed? So maybe this, you know, who's the descendant? Who's the child of Harley McFinn? And are they a loop guru too? So maybe that'll be revealed later. So we'll keep an eye out for that. Uh, Tara, she was an interesting character, right? Just from the way when you first see her, she's always, like we said earlier, she's always walking around naked. Doesn't have those social inhibitions. She talks a little funny. So, you know, she's different. At first you think, oh, maybe she's foreign. She's French or something, right? Uh, but it turns out that she, at the end, she reveals that she's actually a wolf that turns into a human. It's not, you know, the, everyone else is a human that has wolf-like characteristics or turns into a wolf, but she's the the opposite. And at the end, she kind of transforms and goes back to the Northwest. So...
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think, so the biggest tip off for Harry is he's, he went to soul gazer and there was nothing, there's no soul gaze. And so he's like, she's not human. And you kind of find out, you know, I, that Tara was, is like, look, not everybody from human turns into wolves. Sometimes wolves can turn into humans. And I was like, I was like, Oh, awesome. You know? And, and I think this is really the last time we really see Tara. Right.
0: Yeah, I don't remember popping up later.
1: I think she shows up in a short story, if I remember right. But, you know, I can't 100% remember. But uh, I know Injun Joe. That totally sounds wrong to say. That's what he's called in these books, people. <laughs> Injun Joe uh, listens to Wind. Uh, you'll be introduced to him in a couple books. But he mentions her name. But I don't think we ever see her again. And, and it seems like we should. But maybe not. maybe her story's been told.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe we'll pick it up as we do the reread. We'll remember. Oh yeah, she is in this story. So she plays a big role. She helps Harry out. Harry's kind of distrustful of her at first, and I was too. I was like, well, what's her agenda? You know, what's she doing here? But it ends up she being she ends up being a good help for for Harry.
1: hmm And she was she ended up being she was Harley McFinn's fiance. Yeah, and you know I find that kind of interesting because how did how how do you meet? Did she meet yeah. him while he he was like loop you know loop around, <laughs> or did uh, she happen to be walking around as a human and ran into? I mean that's kind of a weird dynamic. Yeah, but we know.
0: yeah. And what's her agenda? Yeah, like why would she agree to that? Well, I guess we we were kind of hinted that with the whole Northwest Passage thing, where she lives there. And so she wants her home protected. So I guess you could kind of factor that. She wants to help him so that he can help her and her people, her her wolves, I guess.
1: So here's a question. Does she have wolf babies or baby babies?
0: Maybe that's where the the family line continues. And if she has wolf babies, do they turn into loop gurus?
1: Yeah, this is this is a philosophical question philosophical questions that we need answered immediately. I mean, who knows, right? That's such a weird question, but uh, uh, it would be funny to see what the answer is. In fact, if I ever see if I ever see Jim Butcher again, I'm going to ask him this question.
0: Yeah, that'd be a good one. Okay, so, The end uh, climactic sequence, everybody gathers together at Gentleman Johnny Marconi's mansion for the big showdown. Uh, Harry, Murphy, Tara, the Alphas, the FBI agents, the Loop Guru, anybody else? (laughs) Pretty much everybody in the story. Susan,
1: right? She's there?
0: Oh yeah, Susan's there. Everybody's there. And they're trying to so Harry, the Alphas, Susan, and Tara are trying to break into Marconi, Marconi's mansion to to do what?
1: No, so what so they go there because they tell they kind of set it up to draw the FBI in, right? To, yeah, that's to right. meet them and then have, set a trap. Yeah, set a trap and final showdown. And then what happens is the FBI totally uh, you know, they turn to their Hex and Wolves and stuff and totally get the uh, get the jump on all of them, yeah. right? They knock out all the Alphas, throw them down in this pit. Um, they uh, get Terra, throw her down in this pit. They, you know, capture Marconi, uh, tie him up. And the only one that... They of kidnapped of like, Murphy. Oh, yeah, yep, Murphy. And the only one that kind of gets out of it is... Um, Harry. And then he ends up getting caught. You know, he kind of gets stuck protecting Susan. Protecting women again, right? Because weak point. So they all get thrown down in this pit. And now what the FBI wants to do is wait for the Lulu Guru uh, to come and kill them. And so they're... They're like in the pit of despair, right? They're gonna die. And so we see the Luguru show up, and you know, through some awesome, you know, it's kind of a weird, long part, but you know, through Marconi and uh, he helps them escape, and they get out, and they they basically just have this awesome throwdown. And we see Harry um, does he shoot he shoots one of them, right?
0: Yeah. So he he's out there, and the girl, the female FBI agent, comes running out with her shirt off, and I think he shoots her.
1: Yeah, I can't. You know. Yeah.
0: And then the other two come out to so the young kid and the fat FBI agent come out, and they end up shooting each other because <laughs> they the one thinks that the other one's Harry. So the young kid shoots the fat guy, and the fat guy isn't Harry, obviously. So he gets mad and shoots the young kid. <laughs> they they kill each other. So everybody's gone except for uh, is it Denton, Denton, the main FBI agent, mm-hmm. and then him and Harry. They put on their belts, the the Hex and Wolf belts, and they battle it
1: out. Yeah, and this is a, this is a cool part because. I mean, you know, Harry kind of gets to let loose, you know, in that in that thing, and we find out he's a better wolf. He's yeah. gonna kill Denton, and uh, and he's able to stop himself, right? Uh, at the end, He, yeah, he Susan didn't. shows
0: up, and she recognizes him through mm-hmm. with his eyes. She's like, "Harry, is that you?" And he he's ashamed. He feels bad for what he's doing.
1: Yeah, because that's such a raw emotion, right? I mean, it's it's just. I'm sure it just opens up doors to your inside. You just never want anyone to see. And so <clears throat> he stops himself and then the Lou guru is coming and it's going to kill him. <laughs> and, um, there's kind of a, a, a weird showdown because, uh, Harry's battling this Lou guru and all of a sudden, uh, Murphy jumps in front of him with a gun and kind of pointing it at him. And he's like, what? what the heck you know and he's trying to fight the Luguru, Guru she's got a gun in his face and he figures he's gonna get shot he's gonna kill this Lou Guru so he uses his pinnacle to uh attack the uh attack it and then a shot comes out and we find out later that Denton was behind him gonna kill him and and Karen killed Denton right
0: yeah she she didn't see the loop Guru behind her Harry didn't see Denton behind him and so there was this lack of communication and they ended up dispatching, you know, their, their foes. But for a minute there, I, th- I thought, cause I didn't remember this part. So it was all new to me again. And I thought Harry got shot <laughs> and it's like, well, I, well, obviously Harry doesn't die. Cause there's like 15 other books after this, <laughs> but, uh, you know, what happens? So, Yeah.
1: And it's kind of interesting. I wish I could, like, there'd be, like, a little short story about Karen's point of view from here, what she was thinking. Like, oh, my gosh, is he going to, you know, use this pentacle and, like, destroy me or something, you know, because Harry was thinking the same thing. And, I, you know, this was kind of a good trust bubble for them, right, uh, where they realized that they got each other's back. And so it was cool, and they ended up, uh, you know, winning the day, Denton dies, obviously, and then they kill the, the Lou guru, they kill Harley McFinn. And he was kind of, you know, in the book, I remember, you know, he, he wanted to die, he was, he was done living that life. Mm-hmm. So, and then, you know, everyone goes to hospitals and everything else to get patched up, because everyone's like, thoroughly beat up. And, uh then in the end we kinda see Harry and Susan finally get serious, right? They take their relationship forward and uh, the book just tie- tapers out and it tapers out and ends.
0: Yeah. So I like this story better than the previous one, Stormfront. It was a little more complex. a lot more characters involved that didn't seem you know, didn't seem unnecessary. There were you know, they had the FBI agents. We didn't even really talk about the Street Wolves, um, the the Alphas. We had Kim Delaney. Susan was back. Karen's back, obviously. So, and, you know, all these characters that were, most of them were new, but it, it didn't bog down the story at all. It flowed really well. Um, they. You know, this event happened, the next event happened, and you're trying to figure out, at least I was as I was reading it, you know, how are these all related? You know, the mystery behind the story was there um, until the end. It kind of doesn't really come together till, you know, till the last latter part of the book. And it's it's interesting to read um, as far as re what's the word?
1: Rereadability. Readability.
0: Read- the yeah, rereadability factor, it's a little bit higher than the last one. I thought it was uh, more complex and more interesting. So uh, overall, the story, I'd give it a an A, A minus. Uh, I was I read this book and probably within 24 hours, it ended up being like probably five five-hour read, six-hour read maybe. So definitely the, it was interesting enough that I wanted to finish it and was liking the story so i enjoyed the susan harry relationship like i said earlier susan's one of my favorite characters in these early books and so uh, i like these moments that her and harry had these innocent times i guess you could say
1: yeah uh definitely a, a pretty fun book uh with werewolves and stuff um You know, reading it as a solo book, it's a great book. I like the rereadability. Taking the series as a whole, you know, as we get more into it, it's kind of down on the list for me just because I'm not 100% sure what it does for the book. Like it introduces the alphas, which is good because alphas play some good parts coming up, but they're not huge, you know, characters. I mean, Harry tells them time and time again, like you guys are small fish in a big sea, Um uh but you know they're there so that's nice but if we don't really get it you know it doesn't do a whole lot for the series as a whole i don't know you know i don't feel like like we heard about lycanthorps we heard about hex and wolves we never see them again just the alphas you know so i i don't know um i i just think it's a good standalone book you know it not Really coalescing yet not, not a whole lot's being brought together i mean we see a little bit of stuff about like things in the shadow like obviously someone armed these hexen and wolves and harry's wondering who but i mean nothing ever comes of it uh so uh, i don't know readability i i probably got to give this one a little bit less like a c you know as far as readability but as a standalone book it was great b plus a minus for sure for me i you know there's a lot of fun stuff learning about these these wolves it's just cool when you know this dynamic is is changed to broaden your perspective on what you know what's there so that was cool we didn't really talk about potions much but some more potions are brought in from bob and it's cool to see how they're made like uh, that it's not just so much as like pinch of this, pinch of that, you, you know, you, you got this cool potion. There's like a cool thought behind it, this process where, you know, if you want a, a particular potion, like I think he uses a, a concealment potion here and he has to find things that coincide with that, that means something as far as concealment is concerned and put them together and make it. And it's fun because he talks about like, you know, Harry talks about this is where I excel in this kind of magic, you know, what did he call it? Thaumaturgy or something like that. And where he can find things or he prepares, you know, and, and he loves it. Um, I mean, and you would think it was interesting for me to reread that in the book because I always assumed he likes the big kaboom magic. And for him, that's not what he, you know, he, he can do it because he's strong and powerful, but, that's not why he does magic. He does magic for, for the small things. And, and so that was really cool. I liked, I liked that insight to how he does it. Uh, well, the, another character we get introduced here is Hendrix uh, for the first time. We, Hendrix in, ends up being a character we see throughout plenty of the books. Uh, he is, is a big brute of a man. He's jo- uh, Johnny Marconi's bodyguard, his main bodyguard. And... Um, I, I didn't remember he was introduced in this book. It's kind of weird cause he's always around, but you never think of him as a major player character, but he's always there for the major events. So kind of, kind of neat. Um, those, uh, I mean, we've talked, uh, pretty much about everyone else. I, we, like you said, we skimmed over Kim, Kim Delaney. We find out through reading the book that he is a sometime apprentice of Harry. Harry works with her. So he was, he was pretty, uh, bummed out about her death and and he kind of you know does some self um thinking there like you know some self-awareness that if i would have told kim more she probably could have been alive so i probably should tell murphy more
0: yeah yeah that was the impetus for him to start thinking that he needs to share more with
1: Mm -hmm. uh and then last you know i I have favorite lines in every book. I'm sure everyone does. Mine change all the time. <laughs> For me, the the line that stood out in this, you know, this kind of breakdown uh, is a little interaction between Murphy and Harry. And it stuck out to me in this reread because of what I know throughout the books and how Harry is. But um, I, I'm going to uh, – paraphrase one of the words here because it's a it's a pretty naughty word but um you know so murphy and uh harry are talking and murphy says it goes like this fine murphy snarled f you harry dresden then harry thinks to himself famous last words and it's so funny because that is right like uh you know throughout the books you get to see a lot of people don't like harry dresden and those are their famous last words and so it, it was like comical to me. It was like, oh yeah, that, 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 uh, that is it. This is a good line for me. And so for me, it was a fun line. I, it's just something I like to do is start a line that I don't know if you guys have favorite lines from this book, but if you do feel free to share them.
0: Yeah. I'll have to start looking at that too. What are my favorite lines? So yeah. So that's our overall view of full moon. Like we said, we, there's a lot we didn't cover, a lot we did cover. So hopefully you've read the book and you're following us along on this Starborn Report of the Dresden Files reread. Next up is Grave Peril. And we'll get into, I think this one's about, uh, is it spirits or zombies?
1: Ghosts. ghosts. Spirits, ghosts, yeah. yeah. I think they just kind of mostly refer to as ghosts.
0: Okay. So this one's more about ghosts and that whole concept one thing i do like about these first books is it does kind of have a a focus like the first one was a dark wizard this this one was werewolves next one's ghosts so you're kind of introduced to these paranormal supernatural things subject by subject and then as the books go on they start to intermingle and build off each other so next one up is grave peril with ghosts and we'll read about that We'll read that and then talk about it in our episode three of the Starborn Report. So we're going to thank you guys for joining us and definitely check us out on social media. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Just do a search for Credible Nerds as well as join our Facebook group, The Credible Nerds on Facebook. Support us on Patreon if you like. We have exclusive episodes uh, with content that you won't find in our normal podcast episodes. Sometimes we'll have a, an exclusive episode just for our Patreon members. So check us out there. Support us there if you'd like. And we look forward to interacting with you more and check out our next episode Grave Peril. So for Mark, my name is Justin and we want to thank you guys for joining us and we'll catch you next time.
1: See you guys.